Whoa, what's going on? Oh, wait, I didn't do it. Hello. <laughs> I like how you were shocked that we recorded when you're the one who presses the button. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> you're like, whoa, what? What's happened? It's no, I was shocked that I didn't. I didn't. I forgot to start with the hello. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I was listening. I was listening to uh, to some of your uh, actual work stuff, and there was a Instagram video where you sounded pretty much like you started it with hello. And I was like, <laughs> Did really, I? <laughs> really? Are we doing that? Because I'm not trying to be jealous, but I'm getting a little jealous. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will be very conscientious and not do that ever again. I was like, really? You're doing our thing with the other guy? Okay. <laughs> Did you feel cheated on? Okay. I didn't, wasn't cheated. I just, I just felt like it was a misrepresentation. <laughs> because after you say hello, then I say hello. And he didn't follow it up with hello, which I mean, I guess that's good. Because that kind of would have been worse than to be like, oh, now you're doing the thing thing. <laughs> I am not just a hormonal that's male who's thing. jealous of anything, but yeah, I am pretty much. That's our thing. How dare you? Did you hello with another guy? I mean, really? <laughs> Did you miss his doubtfire with somebody else? Because <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, gosh. Oh, man, that's funny. I don't have much of this world, Brooke. Don't take it from me. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sure you have heard over the past few days the latest in the celeb scandals, which is Adam Levine. I honestly had not, except I was at lunch today and I went to the bathroom and I walked back from the bathroom and I just see on the TV because most of the TVs in the restaurant were on the sporting. Mm -hmm. But there was one TV that was somehow like on Entertainment Tonight or uh, what's the... What's the one with the guy who's bald and they sit there and they try to catch the people? They try to, oh, uh, TMZ? Yes. I love that you got that from that <laughs> horrible description. Uh, TMZ or something. And it was like Adam Levine. And then I got on Twitter and it was like Adam Levine jumping into people's DMs. I was like, how does this man need to jump into DMs? Look, Adam Levine just pranced his way into the DMs and the women were like, okay. He didn't have to jump like, far at, I he might've leaped a little, he might've did like a little, you know, the childhood like game where you like jump frog leap just a little bit into a DM, but he, like he had, he moved like Jagger into their DM. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think is unfair to Jagger because I don't, I think he would if he could, but I don't think he knows what the DMs are. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So, so, so break it down. Uh, super rich, famous, good-looking dude is creepy. Is is flirting. He claims he's only flirting, but the women are saying that, you know, well, two women have come forth. Okay, so the first woman said they had an affair, and he's like, we didn't have an affair. I did flirt with her. I did step over the line. And then two more women have come out and said that they also were flirted heavily with and explicitly with. Um, so, but here's the thing. Rock star who right. is what has been voted numerous times like sexiest man alive um got a body like whoa yeah <laughs> even though his tattoos are like mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like honestly and i love tattoos i have tattoos but i don't like he just looks like he walked into a tattoo parlor and said make me look like a tattooed guy yeah yeah like there's no rhyme or reason there at all like give me a theme man give me a motif 
But like, are we really, like, I don't understand why everybody is like, oh, Adam Levine cheated. Like, are we really surprised at the, if you had said to me, Tom Hanks cheated. Okay, then, then I would be like, whoa. But you're like, Adam Levine rock star cheated. Okay, that's like saying the sky is blue in the summer. I mean, maybe, maybe I am just jaded so much. But at this point, like, even when it is people I know, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Like, 50% of marriages fail. 70 what percent of every relationships like i mean if you think about it until you get married every one of those previous relationships failed mm-hmm. like relationships are hard they yeah. do not last like it shocks me more when somebody's like yeah we knew each other for like the last 60 years and never showed up on a b-side because one of us killed each other <laughs> <laughs> that to me is more shocking but then again i am a pessimist I, you know I'm, I'm a grinch uh yeah i live in a, in a tiny uh you know, cabin with my dog uh but like i i mean i guess it like you said it, he's a rock star like not that it excuses it but isn't this kind of expected like if if we had dms back in like jean sebastian box days oh my gosh what that right man. you know yeah you know like mark antony and cleopatra were totally like sending pics to each other if there was social media in roman times but there wasn't this is not new like let's i mean it's it's a thing that's been around and i feel like it's it's just parchment paper that's all it is yeah yeah it was just you know like hieroglyphs like what's that eagle oh that that eagle's doing that Mm, okay So, but yeah. he, he is in a committed relationship, evidently. Yeah, he's what married. I'm... She's expecting his. Now, that's the part that's like gross because he's there. She's pregnant with their third. And he asked the girl that he was whatever having an affair with if he could use the name, her name. He's like, hey, uh, serious question. Uh, do you mind if I name my unborn son Sumner? And it's like, okay, that's gross. That is just a really creepy pickup line, too. Like, the only person like on Earth that they can had, work like, for? This was, like, after they'd been having their affair. So that's, like, ew. Right, a pickup line or just even compliment. Like, the only person that can work for is a rock star. Yes. Like, anybody else is going to be like, no, what? That's messed up, man. Yeah, real weird. And real again, weird. not to, not to excuse or to give reasons, but it is not shocking to me mm-hmm. that somebody in a committed relationship, while one of them is going through this amazing life change and carrying a living being, someone who is potentially used to being the center of attention mm-hmm. may seek attention elsewhere. Even though they shouldn't, they should yeah. not. Like just be there, rubber feet carrying the child because she didn't uh, get that way by herself no that 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 was not your music didn't do that <laughs> it wasn't the guitar mm. might have been those moves like jagger 
So yeah, that's the latest in the whole, again, why anybody is like, Adam Levine cheated. Like, I it was just like a really slow news day. I figured this was happening already. Like, And they were like, oh, rock star. <laughs> Evidently not great at monogamous relationship. <laughs> right. Film at 11. Right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Evidently, mean... Henry the Eighth had a couple wives. Who knew? Did we not learn anything from like '80s hair bands and like, to- tours and all the stories or... that have come out? Right. We yeah. know this. This is yeah. not new. Like you go, you, like we would take this back to the Bible times. Like the the main dude in town had like five wives. <laughs> And it was all like, oh, increasing population. Sure it was. Because the nerdy guy had three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. There we are. That's that's the latest with Adam Levine. What do you do? I, I do have a very important announcement to make, though. Oh, okay. Uh, I am not having an affair with Adam Levine. <laughs> you are I one have, of the few. I have repeatedly sent him DMs that he has not responded. So... <laughs> Just, just so you know, it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, I have not, uh, have not sent him DMs, but you know. I just, you know, I get up in the morning, I'm like DM 400 famous people, see what happens. <laughs> Nobody really responds. Like sometimes they're like, please stop. But Oh my goodness. Um, seriously though, I went and saw The Woman King and I thought that was really good that's the one it's the newest one with viola davis my mom Mm -hmm. said that it's based on a true story which makes that even more like amazing even cooler yeah um but i thought it was really good i really enjoyed that um still watching that hulu show the patient because it you know hulu decided that um, they didn't let they they didn't want to let us binge we've got to watch the weekly format like that's what we used to do in the 80s and 90s kids i don't want to do that now i want to binge let me binge but whatever you know who started that all <sighs> who disney disney brought it back with the whole marvel thing and the star wars thing because they they're doing it with like today i've actually had to stop myself because i was like i'm gonna do work and then i'm gonna do the podcast and then I got to do a little more work. And then when I do all of that, I will be rewarded by being able to watch the new Star Wars series, uh, uh, Andor, the, the Cadassian Andor with, uh, I am so bad with names. If I watch Star Wars, I would be able to help you, but I don't. Oh my, uh, Gabriel Luna. No, it's not Gabriel Luna. Gosh, darn it. I am so, like, you think I would like plan ahead? don't give i don't care who why when i google it with the first thing it tells me is executive producers who cares no one cares about diego luna gosh oh yeah i was so close he's good i like him he he reprises his role from rogue one it's like a prequel kind of like the you know the whole like start of the rebel you know fight back um and it's done by the same people who did Rogue One, which, in my opinion, is the best Star Wars movie of the of the new era. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. So that came out today, but they actually released three. But then after that, the rest of them are going to be once a week. And I got to wait for tomorrow for the new She-Hulk. They're like, yeah, they're, they're doing this more and more. Uh, Apple TV did it with uh, the Taron Edgerton yes. uh, series. Uh, yes. That was tough to wait. But I mean, 
it's funny how the pendulum swings back. I know, but like now, because before that was the, that was the format and you were used to it. And so you'd look forward to it every week, but now when you can binge, you're like, you forget. You forget. Yeah. Well, that is, that is a challenge. I think there, it's like, there's so much out there that they're like, okay, well, we can't give it to you all at once. But then like the catch 22 is if you don't give it to me all at once, then there's going to be like 10 other things that come out in the next week that are going to catch my attention. Right. So if you're like trying to say like, hey, here's the appetizer, come back for the meal. I may have already gone to the buffet. Exactly. Uh, um, and I am not, I am not hungry, even though all of my metaphors are about food. <laughs> Another um, show that I've been watching, it's the third season of Am I a Killer? Or I Am a Killer, excuse me, on um, Netflix. This is the and, one where like people who have actually killed people talk about what it's like to kill people? Yes, but here's the thing. So they, it's death row inmates and they tell their story of how they ended up on death row, but like they're telling the story and they're like, and you know, I'm, this is, you know, this happened to me in my life and I committed this crime and man, if I had it to do all over again, like, man, I'm so sorry. Like they kind of present themselves in one picture. And then after they've kind of presented their story, in comes a detective or a family member or you know someone else on the other side of things going now nah, they're lying because this is the facts and this is how yeah. it happened so if they say oh man um you know I, I regret it because i was high and i don't remember or i didn't plan it it just happened and then the detective will come in and be like oh no they planned it because here's their notes and here's what mm-hmm. they studied and here's what they looked up on the internet or something like that, you know? And so like, you're, yeah. you're seeing two different sides and you're like, Oh, so, you know, they, they, they reel you in with the inmate and you're like, Oh, maybe they are remorseful and, and they feel bad. And then like, whoever it is on the other side of it is like, Oh no, here's the facts. Look at this. We're going to lay it all out for you. And then they'll they're, they're go, like, we're going to give you both sides. Yes. And then like, they'll go back to the inmate and say, well, okay, this is what, this is what was said. And they'll even let them hear it and they'll go, oh, well, okay. Okay. So, so maybe that was the case, but here, 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 you know? So it's, it's a, it's really kind of a cool dynamic on how they do it, but it is also very creepy, Adam. So you may not enjoy it because, you know, the good thing is they are all locked up. So you don't have to worry about that though. Yeah, well, we, what we've learned on the A side, B side, it's just because somebody gets locked up doesn't mean they're going to stay there. These people are on death row, so probably not getting out. Although, yeah. another big story, um, there is a podcast called Serial that yep. did the story of Adnan, uh, Adnan Saeed, who was just... I feel like, I feel like Serial kind of started this whole podcast. Like, they weren't the first. No, but, but they were one of the bigger the biggest that like made it like people who weren't podcast listeners suddenly go like, Oh, I should check this out. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole story, um, that is when you'll have to go on to serial and listen to, and because they have followed, they, that was a podcast dedicated to like that story of, uh, Heyman Lee and Adnan and that whole case. It wasn't like ours is episodic. They, that was what they focused on and bringing evidence to try to prove that he did not commit this crime. Um, yeah. And so after- It's definitely, it, it creates like, 
I have talked to relatives who are like, oh, you, you do a podcast, a true crime. I was like, have you caught anybody? I was like, that's not really what we do. <laughs> right. Just, let's talk about them. We're not really, you know, I don't have a trench coat anymore. I was told those are passe. So. <laughs> yeah. So after what was it almost 26 years, I believe, 23, 26 years, uh, Adnan is, is a free man and hopefully they will be able to get justice for Heyman Lee. And um, again, you really should check out Serial because they do a phenomenal job covering that full story. And they go in depth. They, 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 they've got the trench coach. They go into the, get all the details. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I got for you this week. Uh, I've been watching just a lot of regular stuff. Uh, football's back, so there's been oh, a lot yeah? of football yeah. on the TV. Oh wait, um, how are you not... enjoying She-Hulk? Is it I, I, it's it's like I've accepted it for what it is. Like it's, I kept waiting for there to be like an overarching story, like a main bad guy, mm-hmm. and I realize now that there it's just not. Okay, it it's going to be more like a episodic like sitcom thing there's not going to be like an overarching story it'll tie into like some bigger stuff mm-hmm. but it's not like in Hawkeye where we're like who's behind all this or in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like that you know we've got this one bad guy but maybe it's another bad guy mm-hmm. and this is just kind of more like I'm trying to think of it more just as sort of like a sitcom-y type of thing Okay. We're like, like there was no like overarching bad guy of Seinfeld. Right. Right. Or like, you know, Allie McBeal. It's definitely a, a lawyer, like episodic show. There's going to be some stuff that ties together at the end and there'll be something that hints at something bigger. But I think it's just sort of one of those shows where it, it just exists within its own sort of microsystem and that's fine. Okay. And I, I'm enjoying that. I really like Tatiana Maslany, the, the actress uh, who plays uh, both Jennifer Walters and then She-Hulk, I, I think she's doing a really good job. And I love that um, one of my favorite actresses whose name I cannot remember because I am horrible at remembering names, uh, but who I'd never seen on a show other than Hamilton, um, which is Renee Elise Goldsbury, who played, um, who was the sister in Hamilton and had- Oh, Yeah. Like she, she's in this as another lawyer. Um, she is not saying yet, which is a complete waste of the fact that she has an amazing voice. Uh, but that's kind of fun to, to see. Uh, it's It's been kitschy and fun and silly and brought little things in like, you know, the, the whole Avengers like knockoff merchandise and the fact that within the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they don't have, you know, Jordans, they have Starks. So like the new, the new Tony Stark one is like the hot shoe and like that little stuff like that is cool. And like the whole, like, we forgot to copyright our name and now we're getting sued and like Megan the Stallions as well. Like all that stuff is fun. And I'm just trying to accept it for that instead of expecting it to push forward a larger narrative. Yeah. And I think that's good because not every, like when you have this many shows, some of them should just be standalone and fun yeah like it, yeah. it doesn't have to be totally tied into the bigger you know net the bigger universe and i think like it scared me a little bit that the thought that deadpool 3 is going to be in the mcu because it's just so irreverent and different and 
I think this was sort of a kind of a trial run for that style of comedy where can we play in this world, be silly, have a good time, tell a story without having to be completely tied in. Like there's no way that Deadpool should show up in like Avengers, whatever, seven or whatever it is. Cause it just, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think this is a good trial run for that. And as I think about more of it like that, the more I enjoy it. And when I compare and contrast it to the last two movies, Thor, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, I can at least get through She-Hulk. I am I have not made it all the way through Love and Thunder yet on one watching because I just kind of check out. Oh, and see that's what makes me nervous because I haven't even tried and like when they first started with that with well you know they of course wrapped it up with uh infinity war endgame whatever but like that branch of the mcu it was so exciting when they came out you're like oh my gosh like a captain america a thor iron man like i've got to see these when they come out and i think like what iron i mean thor was in theaters and now is on disney plus and i'm still like (laughs) yeah like it's the it's the first of the like the major like the big characters like i know hulk's a big character but not really you know this is he's the only one whose stories continued like there's no more captain america there's no more iron man you know there's no more black widow it's like thor but it it just feels like we had a really good ending Mm -hmm. and now we got the sequel that no one really needed right like this could have come out before Infinity War, it would have been more interesting, or if they'd set it some. I mean, but like there was such a good story arc that just let a story end when it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, if you ever get to finish it, you'll have to tell me if it's worth it. I mean, it's I've chuckled a few times, but it's just it's not engaging. And there's such a weird disconnect of, of the fun silliness of Thor and the rock guy and even valkyrie and and jane foster and then you've got this like not remotely silly character played by christian bale who is just going around killing gods that's a really hard match it's like it's hard to take him seriously when mm. everyone else is being silly right yeah and like this is a this is a celestial siller serial killer and meh that's weird. All right. So what episode are we on? We, oh, this week we are on 109. Can you believe it? I, I, I can't, honestly. I also so bad at counting. Did I start <laughs> last week? Really? You did. <laughs> so bad at counting. Like I've been like mentally prepping to be ready to go. Like, all right, I'm up first. Here we go. Ready, ready. And then you're like 109. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> not me. Like I thought, I thought I was on deck. I'm in, I'm in the hole. That's cool. I'll just go sit. I go over here, just like swing two bats for no apparent reason. All right. So this week is episode 109, and we um, are heading over to India for this week's mm. serial killer. So actually, this is this was a weird, interesting one but also one that was a little hard to research. So this week we're talking about Sanjay Sharma, who was born in New Delhi in 1969. He's one of two boys 
in a family of four. When he was about five years old, he had an older brother, Anil, that was sent to boarding school. Um, Anil was someone that Sanjay really looked up to, as you know, younger brothers tend to do with older brothers. When Anil became an adult, he moved to the United States. He actually moved to New York City, where he began a career as a, a, a success. He became a successful businessman. So Sanjay, of course, who looked up to his older brother, Anil, really wanted to be with his brother again. So he actually drops out of school and he moves to New York City. While he's in New York City, he's trying to, of course, it's the land of dreams, the big apple, of course, all that. Everybody thinks they're going to, you know, that seems to be the, um, the, the idea that you're going to move to America and be like this financial success or whatever yeah you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere right so of course he moves there and he's in in search of these amazing opportunities he moves on his with his brothers first then he makes some friends ends up moving in with them i mean completely off topic but i do feel like the most ridiculous but also spot on song about idea of coming to america is from uh fievel you know american tale (laughs) with fievel where the where every every mouse is like, there are no cats in America. I was like, that's just not true, guys. Right. Like, but even as a child, I was like, oh, these guys are in for it. Like, oh, <laughs> they're about to be. That's yeah. gonna be a rude awakening for that. Some, someone sold them a story. Because <laughs> there's lots and lots of cats, <laughs> especially New York City. <laughs> right. <laughs> I believe cats was based there. <laughs> but they'll feel right at home because they're rats well they're mice but you know lots they're of mice, rats too yeah. so <laughs> no rats are big and mean mice are like they're just industrious they want to set up a tailor shop <laughs> oh my gosh so so he's trying to avoid the cats in america and um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> he takes a job to get some money he takes a job at an electronic store then at a grocery store and his brother anil describes uh, Sanjay is a really hard worker. He so, got the job at the grocery, the, the electronic store, but they were closing that week. So <laughs> everything must go. Everything. <laughs> Buy one, get two free. So yeah. um, while he's in New York City, he ends up meeting uh, a national, an Ecuadorian national, 20-year-old Cecilia Montuano, who they begin a romantic relationship with or he begins a romantic relationship, the two of them two together. Um, In 1982, the two of them get married and then Cecilia gives birth to a son, Alexander, at Queens Hospital Center. Well, shortly after they get married, it seems like things kind of take a shift. So Sanjay becomes abusive and violent and uh, Cecilia ends up having to get a restraining order. So... Sanjay ends up leaving New York City and he goes back to India. He doesn't even divorce Cecilia officially. He just packs up and runs. He packs and runs. Once he's back in India, he he lays low for a while and he goes between New Delhi and Mumbai. While he's in Mumbai, uh, in between those those trips, he he becomes acquainted with Razi Singh, who is a flight attendant for Jet Airways. Now remember. He's not divorced yet. He starts dating um, Rozzy. His family's not approving because it, it's, he's not divorced. And the whole you know not being divorced thing is like a super easy way to say like, hey, we don't like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, also, you're still married. So like, fix that, huh? 
So <laughs> Sanjay, he tells uh, Rosie he's an NYPD officer. Just very, very far from his beat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just on vacation a lot. Like I am undercover. <laughs> I am part Delhi. of the NY- <laughs> NYPD's overseas bureau. <laughs> I'm part of the New Delhi Task Force. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We were sent here to find out if there's cats over here. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so of course, while he's dating Rosie, and um, you know he's very friendly, and you know very, you know, of course he's got on the honeymoon phase thing. He's all you know courteous, and he's good with her family, mm-hmm. puppy love, and all that. Uh huh. Best but they kind of were suspicious of him and they were like rosie you are not allowed to marry him well rosie's like bro you're not gonna tell me what to do so rosie and sanjay end up getting married at a temple in new delhi on july 8th of 1997 you think well, like there was that one uncle who was like you know the myp does not have a branch in new delhi <laughs> right? it's like rosie look they don't have police over here like, the nypd like, doesn't come this far and she's like you can't I, tell me i know like, okay <laughs> so so they get married on july 8th of 1997 and as he did with his first wife cecilia not long after sanjay and rosie are married he starts to become violent toward her he even handcuffs her to a bed and forget forbids her from talking to her parents and he starts monitoring her phone calls and on top of that, he's like, okay, we're married now. So you're going to give me a dowry. This is what I want. I want a car. I want a house. And I want a dowry of a million rupees. And the family's like, nah, dog, we're not going to do that. Not only no, could we not do it, we wouldn't do it because we don't want to even if we could do it. So of course, this really upsets Sanjay. Because he is so balanced otherwise. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know nypd new delhi um branch uh-huh bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so, so he gets so upset by the family's refusal that he burns down their house and a restaurant that was right next door and then he threatens uh rosie's father son wall with a hammer son wall calls the police they arrest Sanjay and they charge him with illegal possession of a weapon. Not for the hammer, but they found that say, was... they, they are strict about their tools in New Delhi. <laughs> no, it's not for the hammer. They actually Do you have a license that... for that hammer? He was carrying a handgun. Obviously he was. He's NYPD New Delhi uh, branch. Right. Hello. I yeah. mean, honestly, if anyone has seen me use a hammer, they would be like, yeah, we need to get licenses for hammers. We can't, like, just, we can't just let can't anybody, let anybody use this thing. Like, this is dangerous. That guy has no idea what he's doing. He already has like five thumbs. Of course, uh, Sanjay was uh, arrested. And so while he's been detained, Rosie returned to her parents. So she's looking through her husband's things and she finds his passport and she learns, wait a minute, he still, she finds his passport and his marriage certificate. And she's like, wait, he's still married back in the U.S. So she ends up writing a letter to Cecilia and to the police in New York. And she's asking questions about Sanjay and his past. And she didn't get a reply, 
before he got out on bail, unfortunately. So Sanjay is out of jail. He goes and he gets Rozzy and he takes her to his mom's house in Rohini, where apparently he began to sedate her because he didn't want her to escape. On November 24th, now remember, they got married uh, July, then all these things happen, and now we're in November. Sanjay takes out an insurance policy on Rozzy worth $50,000 from the United India Insurance Company. And then he books two tickets for Austria. So the couple get on the plane, they fly to Austria, and they land at the Innsbruck airport on November 30th, where they go from, um, where they land in Austria, and then they go to Absom, where Sanjay's sister and brother-in-law lived. So the next few days seem to be really good. They're like going out on these excursions, they're shopping, they're having a good time. Well, that good time comes to an end on December 4th when they're alone in the house and Rozzy decides to take a bath about 11 o'clock. Well, about an hour and a half later, she's found dead in the bathtub. She didn't drown. Suspiciously, there was a hairdryer in the tub with her. Never a good choice. Sanji has a very, very weak alibi. The Austrian coroner declares that Rozzy dies from electric shock. What? No. Um, Of course, you would expect them to consider this, you know, a suspicious death, but he still had to say, oh, yeah, maybe it's worthy of further investigation. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Because it's usual that people have hair dryers in their bathtubs. And that's where I keep mine. So local authorities ruled the death an accident, but they're like, we don't really know how the, ba- the, the dryer got in the bathtub, but it had to be an accident, right? Yeah. Mm. Nobody, that's like a really lame way to kill anybody. Why would you do that? Right. So the Austrian authorities, um, they were actually aware of like the couple's past and they actually started to look into this on their own. Well, Sanjay manages to get Rozzy's body and cremates her body in Austria. So then he takes her, her ashes in an urn back to New Delhi, where he mysteriously loses <laughs> the urn during the trip back home, claiming that the bag that he had the urn in was stolen. You hate when that happens. You put the ashes in the carry-on, but then you're like, no, I should just check it. It's better if I check it. It's better if I check it. Nobody's going to mess with it. Yeah. And then boom, it gets stolen. Heard it yeah. a thousand times. So of course the claim of like the stolen lost bag, the lost urn and the stolen bag is, you know, so, uh, Rosie's family disputes it. Police are like, mm, we're not buying it. So Sanji is arrested on December twentieth, uh, and he's charged with murder. So Sanji is in custody for about a year and a half, awaiting trial. On March twentieth of nineteen ninety nine, after a court hearing in New Delhi. He's able to bribe, which I have heard that um, corruption and like India and is like really bad with police. So he's able to bribe two police officers into driving him to his mom's house where he is able to escape. He flees New Delhi. Well, actually India altogether. 
So police call, um, his brother calls the police and they say, hey, uh, my brother just tried to contact me. Um, what do I do? He knew that his brother was a fugitive because his pictures are on newspapers. He was yeah. on India's Most Wanted. <laughs> so he's like, uh, what do I do? So between March and August of 1999, Sanjay uses several fake fake names like <laughs> Alexander Lopez. <laughs> And James Kennedy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, scrape at the bottom of the barrel there. For, like, like what are the first two names I could think of? Right? Like, Mine would have been Doug. I, I'd be like Doug Ireland. Like, we all know. <laughs> if, Adam, if Adam goes on the run, it'd be like, he will be under the alias Doug Ireland trying to build a hotel. Doug Ireland never calls me. I know what's going on. So he's, he's using the names. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't giggle. So he's using the names Alexander Lopez and James Kennedy, and he's traveling everywhere. He's like in Bangladesh, Thailand, Hong Kong, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Brazil, Germany, Austria. He ends up in Greenland on August 27th of 1999, where he presents himself as a Venezuelan citizen, a a Venezuelan citizen by the name of Juan Carlos Sanchez Pinto. Obviously. He was like, what are my two favorite... Spanish first names and what is my favorite bean? So while he's at the airport, he makes friends with a couple of locals and they actually let him stay at their apartment. Because they're like, we also love pinto beans. <laughs> hey, when Carlos come on in, we love pinto beans. No, but um, so Sanjay is with these men for a few days and then he meets 23-year-old Carla Clausen. Carla is a divorcee who sold clothes at the Brugson supermarket in the front of this, the, the Brugson supermarket. Carla is living with her uh, two-year-old daughter, Natuk. Now, mind you, he's in Greenland and he is Juan Carlos. Um, Pinto. Juan Carlos Pinto. Yes. So he meets again, Carla and um, yeah. Okay. So he's got two active marriages at this point. So I feel like I know where this is going. Yeah. This man is like, let's just marry them all. Okay. So they they meet and then Carla basically falls in love with Alexander, Juan, James, Sanjay, whoever he is. Okay. She falls in love with him and she only knows him for like 14 days. And guess what they do? Yes, they get married. And as previously... As soon as he gets married, problems start to arise. Well, like the day after their wedding, he left home and he was gone for a long time. And now remember, he made two friends at the airport and they're in the city of, uh, I don't, if, if I say this wrong, I'm so sorry. It's uh, Nuke. It's N-U-U-K. Nuke. Our, our numbers in Greenland are going to just crater. <laughs> So apparently these two men that he befriended, he also becomes involved with. There's also rumors that he was involved in some drug smuggling, hashish. And I mean, the man, the man flew to like 37 countries. Right. Seemingly an invisible job working for the NYPD <laughs> in New Delhi. So the money had to come from somewhere. Somewhere. So there's rumors that the reason that he actually married Carla was that he wanted to get another surname because he couldn't just make one up. 
but he also wanted to use her as a courier. Wow. So a few weeks after Carla and Sanjay are married, Sanjay travels to uh, Ebsberg, where he gets an apartment. And I am not even going to try to pronounce it. Actually, it's Clavunktparken. 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 So about two weeks later, Carla and little Natuk, they travel to Ebsberg, and they move in with Sanjay. And that's where they stay for a while. Okay, so we go from August to October. On October 9th of 1999, Sanjay rents a holiday home in Fano, and he travels there with Carla and Nantuk, and they have a family vacation. It's supposed oh. to be a really nice family vacation. However, three days later, Sanjay books a one-way ticket to Ottawa, Canada without wife or adopted baby Nantuk. He never reports either of them missing. So when people start to ask, hey, where's your wife and kid? Oh, they're in Venezuela. Obviously. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. So on the, the post honeymoon holiday trip trip is Venezuela, traditionally. <laughs> and then and then you buy each other paper for some reason. <laughs> on February 8th of 2000, police are called uh, to the cottage, the holiday home, when a neighbor sees they, they report seeing a child, a child's arm like sticking out of the ground, like the sand. Mm, not good. So authorities dig up the body. And of course they identify that of sweet baby Nita Clausen. And then they find Clara's body close by in a tool shed. An autopsy found that uh, Carla um, had suffered multiple injuries to her head. And Nita was found with sand in her mouth, which means she was probably suffocated to death so Sanjay or Juan Carlos or Alexander or whatever he was known as uh, Juan Carlos Pinto Clausen to the Danish police so he's officially charged with murder uh, of Carla and Natuk and he is declared an international fugitive via Interpol so Which, unlike the NYPD does have offices in New Delhi that's true that's true. So it's believed that he initially was hanging out in Copenhagen, Denmark, where he'd made some acquaintances, but he was actually, that's what they thought initially, but he was actually in Long Island where he had actually applied for a taxi driver's license. Well, he didn't know, but ever since he had arrived from Canada, the FBI had been watching him because they, they suspected him of living in the country illegally. They're right. Yeah. Very, very illegally. On May 18th of 2000, he's arrested in front of a bank in Brooklyn. No incident. He's taken into custody without incident. He's taken to the local police department where he admits that he's being sought by the Danish police for double, double homicide. But he says, but it wasn't actually me. Yeah, they want me in connection to that, but it wasn't me that did it. So I'm, he, the, I'm the victim. Right. He voluntarily waives his rights to a hearing and he's extradited back to Denmark where he's charged with the murders of Carla and Nita Clausen. About a month later in June of 2000, he's in custody and he attempts escaping by setting fire to a cupboard in a cell and it caused the entire prison block to be evacuated. Fortunately, the attempt failed and he did not escape. 
So following that, he's placed in a maximum security de detention in Horsens, and authorities thought, well, he might take, because authorities thought that he might take hostages or do some other uh, violent actions against inmates. They're like, we don't know what this guy's going to do, honestly. So just put him over there. Honestly, he's pretty capable of like. We got like 37 names for the dude. He's got three wives. Yeah. He's probably a drug mule. And now he wants to be a taxi driver. So we don't <laughs> trust anything about this. <laughs> so during the course of his trial, witnesses, um, he, there's witness testimony from friends and acquaintances of both Sanjay and Carla. And they reveal that, um, that Sanjay really didn't even love Carla at all and that within two hours of his wedding he was attempting to apply for residency and a work permit like she's probably still in her afterglow and he's like yeah can I get a can I get an application I want to live here yeah um also two of Sanjay's lovers Torben and Jan Kavik confirmed that it was in fact on his wedding night that the three of them were involved in a romantic liaison and there was video proof of it because Sanjay recorded it and that that night and on several other occasions he talked very negatively about his wife Carla despite Sanjay's claims of innocence uh, the Danish and and some people saying that the Danish police hadn't done their investigation properly a jury of 12 found him guilty of birth, both murders and he was convicted uh, and he got a mandatory life sentence in prison. It was shortly after his conviction, he appealed a sentence to the Supreme Court and they were like, nah, dog, you're staying in jail. We're good. <laughs> Since 2012, he's been eligible for parole, but he's, so far he's not been approved for it. Now we've talked about this before, like inmates getting like girlfriends and stuff. So he got a girlfriend in 2005. Her name was Ketty Anderson. And she did an interview with the extra Bladette where she says that she believes that Sanjay is a scapegoat and she's going to help fight for his release. And that if he is ever to be released, they're going to marry and move to Sweden. He's not been released. Therefore, they are not married and living in Sweden. He is still in prison where he will remain for the rest of his life and, that, and probably still married to like three people one of which is deceased at least yeah and that's like what we know of who knows yeah. how many others there are out there Goodness. but there you go that's the story of uh, uh alexander of uh james of juan carlos, juan carlos. yeah sanjay sharma just a bad dude and very annoying. The dude had way more stamps on his passport than I ever was. <laughs> and just a bad dude, but evidently world travel. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot. He got a lot of stamps. Not he using them now. But... Around. No, no. But he got to see the world before he was he incarcerated. Did. So he did. he's got that going for him. <laughs> but there you go. That that's the B sign. So for the A side this week, I decided to actually follow through on a great idea that I had. So it would not fall into the pantheon of great ideas that I've never followed through on. Like when I was in fifth grade and I thought we should make baseball cards of people from the Bible and then sell them at Sunday school and we'd make millions of dollars <laughs> only to be told that was a horrible idea and then find out a month later that someone had already done it 
and I could have made at least dozens of dollars. Or like when I wanted to write a children's book about a mouse that grew up inside of the Mall of America living uh, off of half-eaten hot dogs uh, that just never got done because I couldn't find an illustrator. Or when I thought that it would be great to take a rock musical, uh, to create a rock musical based on my love life using only the music from, fake, uh, from Cake's Fashion Nugget album, uh, which you know, what? still in progress uh, some someday soon. Uh, I had planned on starting a YouTube channel to do book reviews last December. I was all gung-ho on it. And I decided that I would not talk about this specific book and TV series because I was saving it for this YouTube channel that I was starting doing book reviews. Uh, that is clearly never going to happen. And because I have gotten some feedback recently that a lot of my stories have been focused on movies and series that no one can actually watch, I've decided that for the next three A-sides, they're all going to be having a similar theme and about shows that you can go out and watch immediately the moment you are done listening to our episode. Finally. After you like, you know, like and share and, and subscribe and buy us a coffee and all that stuff. Uh, so the next three A-sides will all be about fantasy TV shows. And it's a three-part series. They're all available right now. And we're starting with one where I love the series so much that I went out and bought the books that it was based on, only to find out that the books themselves were combined to make the series and found that there are things that I love about the series itself that would not have been possible if I just read the books. And there are things about the books that are better than they could ever do in the series. So today we are talking about Shadow and Bone, which is a fantasy adventure novel and TV series that is on Netflix. Season one came out in June of 2021. It was one of the first things that I binged last summer. Uh, there are rumors that the new series uh, has not been announced yet when it will premiere. It has not been announced that it's even finished filming. They're talking anywhere from late fall to early 2023. But you can go and watch the first season right now on Netflix. And of course, the story of Shadow and Bone uh, written by Israeli-American author Leah Bardugo, uh, was originally published in 2012. And the story itself, the original novel, Shadow and Bone, focuses on a orphan named Alina Starkov, who grows up in poverty as an orphan and finds her way eventually in a very sort of Harry Potter, Luke Skywalker, you know, Katniss Everdeen having greatness thrust upon them, even though that they are uniquely skilled to handle that greatness. And the biggest difference between the series, Shadow and Bone on Netflix, and the book is that the book is written from a first person point of view. It is narrated by Alina Starkov. And because of that, there are moments within the book that shine in a way that the TV series is never able to do. The TV series, which came out last, uh, you know, June of 2021, actually takes the original book, Shadow and Bone, and combines it with another one of Lee Bargadugo's stories, The Six of Crows duology, uh, which when written, both of those take place at very different times. Mm -hmm. However, the 
TV series developed by uh, Eric Hessinger for Netflix decided to take those two stories and meld them together, use the characters from the Six of Crows stories, but give them entirely new stories that fit within the world at the same time that Shadow and Bone is happening. And because the first time I was exposed to this, I watched it as a series without knowing anything of Sorry. the, are you okay? Sorry, my, my phone fell. <laughs> it sounded like a bone crack that I was like, I'll die. All right. Let's make sure everybody's good. All right. So because I did not read the books before I saw the series, I had no idea that these were two different books kind of combined, or at least characters from one book in a new story in the original story. And the it fits because so much of modern fantasy is ensemble pieces. Mm-hmm. When you know we go all the way back to like the original Lord of the Rings movies where you've got, you know, the, the fellowship of the, you've got a large cast. There's a lot of stories. There's always a character that so many different people within the audience can identify with. And by creating a larger cast and a bigger story, it gives more places, in my opinion, for the showrunner to sort of onboard people into this world. And one of the things that I loved about Shadow and Bone, the series, is that instead of spending a lot of time breaking down the history or the you know verbiage or like the lands, the stuff that you learn throughout the series, mm-hmm. but they don't waste a lot of time at the beginning getting you up to speed. Because while all of that is important and you pick it up along the way, it's really the story of these individuals and how they're adapting to life. And it is done incredibly well, but it's done from a very outside perspective. We're watching all of these characters. We don't know anything about their in, internal monologue, their feelings. We can read things you know, throughout the, the series, but we do not get to hear their inner monologue like we do in the book. This series is a lot of fun. Uh, it follows uh, Alina Starkov, who again is an orphan, who grows up in an orphanage. And the fact that there are these people, not unlike, you know, wizards or force users uh there in this universe they they're called grisha and they have connection uh to magic in some way and the second army which is run by uh, the the general who's you know sort of right below the king but he's the head you know grisha or wizard in this case goes around and finds children early on and brings them to you know the school to learn how to become a grisha uh, alina does a great job of avoiding ever being found out. And during the television series, and here's where we'll get into some spoilers. So spoiler alert, if you have not watched it, skip probably the next five minutes of this uh, of this podcast. In the series, it takes us a long time, and even it takes Alina a long time to admit that she has power. And the biggest difference, and that works really well from a, te- from a television standpoint, because you want, you know, spreads the mystery out it shows you know gives you that sort of build up to a climax whereas in the book it is very clear from early on mm-hmm. that alina knows she could have power and she knows that when she was tested she chose not to show that power mm-hmm. and the the most powerful moment in the book to me is when you realize because it is written from a first person point of view where Alina is talking about the first time that she was tested to see if she had this power and she decides to not allow her power to be seen to hide it as a choice Mm 
Mm-hmm. Whereas in the series, the TV series, it doesn't come off that it's so much as a choice or it was that it was hidden because of circumstance. And to me, that is a huge stylistic difference. And also it's something that I wish the TV series could have done a better job of showing. Mm-hmm. Because here you have a young woman who willingly decides to control and hide power until she is ready to use it. Mm-hmm. And that does not come off in the series. In the series, it's all what was hidden because of stress and all these other things and fear. In the book, it is very clear that she made a choice to not let anyone know about her power until she decided to let it out. And that is in a powerful moment. So much different from the story of Harry Potter or, or Luke Skywalker, where they have this innate ability, but they don't know it. And they, it's not a question of them not wanting to show it. It's not, they don't know how to access it. It takes years for them to learn. And there's a lot of that sort of learning that goes on for Alina, but at base level, she becomes her most powerful when she chooses to let it out. And that is why to me, the book as written from a first person point of view, mm-hmm is a more powerful story about Alina, whereas the series, the television series, is a much better ensemble series, but it loses that amazing moment. Now, the series itself is brilliant in that it takes a lot of twists and turns, whereas so much of what we have come to know in fantasy in the modern age, like a lot of it is English, you know, maybe Germanic, a little bit Scandinavian uh, based in terms of stylistics and cultures. Whereas a lot of this world, the, the Grisha verse, draws on historical like Russian archetypes, pre-communist, like old school, you know, that sort of caste system with the kings and the queens and the, you know, almost has this sort of Rasputin, um, Anastasia era feel to it. And that gives it the story, which has a lot of correlations and a lot of familiarities with other fantasy stories. It gives it a new veneer and something that is different that helps you differentiate through it. Now, the story of a general who might be super evil, uh, might be the bad guy all along, but is also super powerful, the, the young, you know, person who learns to come into their power and is given a, a horrible choice. Their friends that they grow up with who are the ones they trust the most and the new friends that they meet along the way who they may not trust. There's the jealousy and there's a love triangle. All of that is as you know, old as Shakespeare itself. Mm-hmm. But to take these new little twists on it makes the story engaging and interesting and different even if it seems like if we broke away some of the the trappings, it's kind of the same sort of stuff. Instead of, you know, being magic users, they're practitioners of the small science and little tweaks like that, where they are, you know, taking the expectation of giving it just a slightly new twist Mm -hmm. really adds to a lot of the interest for me when you're building out this world. So the series focuses on the first book and they process pretty much the same way uh you've got alina who becomes comes from nothing becomes the sun summoner which is sort of you know in this 
version of the world, the, you know, the boy who lived. It is the person who comes along with a special power that can solve a magic, you know, this major problem. And that major problem is the fold, which is basically a black void of undead mystic creatures in the middle of the country. So imagine the U.S. ripped in two along the Mississippi River, except from the Mississippi River, from the ground all the way to the, you know, to outer space, there is a giant black void that if you cross into, you may get through, but you're probably not going to make it. You know, 90% fatality rate to cross the void. That fold is going to be the thing that Alina is supposed to take care of, to fix. She's the sun summoner. She can bring light to the darkness. Again, a very classic fantasy, even religious, you know, sort of uh, ideology, light and darkness. The only problem is the person who has brought her to help with this fold Mm -hmm. may actually be the one who doesn't want it to ever end. So you've got that sort of you know, Severus Snape, are they good? Are they bad? Are they somebody who's truly, you know, helping or are they using the power for their own? Um, There are some really powerful moments, both in the book and in the series, where we're talking about some of the artifacts or some of the icons or the things that they use to create power. And one of them goes to this great stag and how they will take the actual you know, horns of the stag and embed them into themselves to amplify their power. And the way that that is done, especially in the, the series, gives it a much bigger feel. This isn't just good and bad. This is a environment and an entire ecosystem that can benefit each other, but can also prey upon it. Mm. And those sort of larger themes also help make it a very new story. Whereas something, you know, we've, we see it in various, you know, fantasy ways, but the idea of, you know, and there's, and again, spoiler alert, one of the climactic moments uh, of the, the, both the series and the book in the first season, you know, in Shadow and the Bone is when you deal with the stag and whether or not Alina is going to kill this mythical thing to take its power to make herself stronger. And again, spoiler alert, to to me, there's almost a Dumbledore sacrifice, Christ-like sacrifice, you know, Aslan giving himself on the altar to the the White Queen moment with the the stag as well, Mm -hmm. where, where you think something is going to be violent and taken when it is truly someone that is giving themselves up for the greater good. And it is an incredibly powerful moment, something I did not expect, something that as I'm watching it and reading it, tears are welling in my eyes for a moment that feels like it was supposed to just be a hunt. And then you realize there's a lot more going on to it. So I would say if you have the opportunity before season two comes out, uh, if you are so inclined, the books are available on Amazon. Very by all three of the first, uh, you know, the first three books of the the Grisha series, uh, Shadow and Bone itself. You buy it, you know, standalone to read that and experience the story from the first person perspective, mm-hmm. and then to be able to watch it from a larger third person sort of, you know, 
ensemble look gives two really great views of a very similar story. Uh, they're not the exact same thing, but the, the guts are still there. The themes are still there. There may be a few details that are different. You don't have, you know, the, the Crows group involved in the book as you do in the series. But it almost feels like the series gives you the third person, like, you know, telling the story. And then all of a sudden you read the book and you get to read one of the main characters' diary as they're going through. So it's a really fun way to experience the same story in two different ways that are both powerful and good in their own right, uh, but each have a unique opportunity to show you something new. And I did not expect the book to be first person when I picked it up. I went in completely thinking it was gonna be just like the series, but it was such a unique experience to having know the story, but then hear it from a first person point of view. And that moment when Alina talks about withholding her power and letting her power go and taking like letting her power be seen mm -hmm. is so incredibly powerful. And I hope that as we get into season two of the series, they can find a way to tell that story because I think that is something that is desperately important and a story that you don't hear enough. And so check out Shadow and Bone on Netflix, the series, and you can get the book uh, on Amazon as well. I've got two copies of Shadow and Bone. So if you are nearby and you want to borrow it, just shoot me a uh, DM and I'll meet you somewhere in a shady parking lot. We'll do a, a book drug. <laughs> Yeah, and that is the the a side for this week no it's and again really... next next week's gonna be fantasy that you can watch and then the week after that's gonna be fantasy you can watch so sh go ahead and shoot your guesses in on which direction i'm gonna go because you're not gonna get next week but you'll probably guess two weeks from now okay all right well it's really funny because i was thinking um when i for whatever reason i i saw a shadow and bone but i was thinking um, what is the other one, Lock and Key or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another one on Netflix that, mm -hmm. that I have not gotten into, but I've heard good things about. So then when you start talking about it, I was like, wait, that doesn't sound familiar at all. And I was like, oh, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I, honestly, I was good. I've been talking about doing this. I've even mentioned it on the podcast. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this whole like YouTube series. And uh, yeah, it didn't happen, so. Uh, finally decided to give up that dream and just share a, what I think is a really powerful and well done book and story. There you go. So is that the A side? That is the A side. Awesome. Well, last week you mentioned um, that you would love to have like a beanie or something, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's like even today, like it's not cold yet in Minnesota, but I took the dog for a walk and I was like, you know what? My ears are feeling this a little bit. Like, you know, my, my, my big old Dumbo ears are getting a little bit, catching a little wind. So I could use, I could use a little bit of uh, protection. So is that something that is in the works? That is something that is in the works. And by, uh, let's see, uh, I will say it is almost ready. So by next week, which actually will be the 30th, just in time for the 1st of October, which is fall season, we will have beanies available on the website. And I don't know if, like, I, I think I saw, like, one proof, and they look awesome as always. But if we could get 
a bad vibe save, save lives beanie even if it's just like just just the words mm-hmm. like i think that would be cool because then you I can just wear it and like you're out maybe just like stitch it backwards so each time you look in a mirror you're like bad vibe save lives because <laughs> it's really it's for you it's not for that right 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 <laughs> you need to hear it <laughs> we don't need the psycho killer walking up and being like oh bad, bad vibe save live that's cool you really you really should have read your hat <laughs> The printer is going to be like, you know, that's backwards, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's yeah, meant yeah. to be read in the mirror. That's all right, Mr. Printer. If you don't get it, you don't get it. That's fine. Just <laughs> let us do our art. <laughs> oh, Picasso. I like it. Uh, but yes, that will be available next week on uh, the website. You can get yourself a beanie. Of course, we've already got t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, we've got it all i'm even thinking of shower curtain shower curtain i was even i sent you the little mock-up that i was thinking of for um because i have airpods and so i keep them in a case and i was like Ooh, yeah an airpod case that would be kind of fun so i'm thinking of that as well i've um, actually had friends lose the airpod case but not the airpods and then it's frustrating because the airpod case does not have any like way to find it <laughs> right unless you put like you, some kind of apple tag on the case yeah you put a tag on the case but they're like oh find my airpods the phone's like yeah they're in your ears like what do you want right <laughs> but oh, all nice that is... brag. you've got airpods <laughs> all that's um available on our website and then adam you know the rest of the deal yeah uh so go to our website a side b side podcast.square.site on there you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite streaming services whether that is apple music or spotify or stitcher or various other ones Uh, you could go and buy brooke a coffee because she's got to edit all this together and that is not something that can be done without a copious amount of caffeine Uh, and also please uh share like uh tell other people grab random strangers on the street and be like listen to this podcast i mean maybe not physically but just emotionally just jump in their way and be like Uh, i got a podcast for you (laughs) be like stop driving (laughs) what are you listening to that's wrong listen to this podcast we're not we 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 do not recommend anyone uh, actually jump into traffic that would be horrible uh, so don't do that. But please tell everybody that you know of. And I would love to hear people's guesses now that I'm doing things that people can actually listen to. So I won't get any of those messages. Like, hey, stop telling me about a thing. I can only get a DVD. What do you get? Like money from Amazon? I'm like, <laughs> I wish. That'd be great. Like if, if I was getting like 50 cents out of every like for love or money DVD that was sold in the last week, I would be very happy. And I would go buy myself something for $5. Right. And- <laughs> Uh, but let us know, like, what you think, what fantasy shows you think I'm going to talk about the next two weeks, uh, about a story that, a true crime story that you remember from your youth, or somebody told you when you were at a bus stop, or some random person grabbed you and said, listen to this podcast, you're like, okay, uh, let us know about those, and feedback is great, it is so much fun, like, it's fun to get yelled at for recommending too many shows that nobody can watch, because that means people are listening, and I just thought everyone was here because it's Angelina Jolie podcast, but evidently they want recommendations as well. So we can do both. Uh, So check that out. Uh, We thank you for listening. And, um, you know, just don't marry three women and then travel all over the world uh, and uh, kill them. And use eight million aliases. Yeah, none of them were real good. But I mean, like, not everybody can have Doug Ireland on backup. (laughs) 
That is quite classic. That is quite classic. Well, there you go. That has been another episode of A Side B Side Podcast. That is episode 109. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Brooke.